0: Good morning. Today we'll be learning Bezrat Hashem Daf Gimel in Maseches Yuma. So we have the great Svi Birnbaum, who is working on a theory. We just started Maseches Yuma, and he noticed some patterns in the first Daf of every Masechta that we've been learning in Badli. Um, so the pattern you might notice in the Mishnayos is that it just seems to be chronologically right. Amos in the bit right. So that was Brachos. So that was sort of like chronologically, the first thing that happens in the day. We start with the Kriyashram of Arvis, and then we learn Shabbos, and it starts with Hotza, and it talks about the, right, the Malacha of Hotza, which we know is the Malacha Gruah, but we also say that those aspects of Hotza have to possibly do with the beginning of the day, chronologically on Shabbos. And then an Erevin, we were talking about setting up the Erev beforehand, um, and, and, um, lowering and making higher the, the actual, the actual Erev. And let's see, what else do we learn? Psachim. And Psachim we start obviously, uh, obviously, um, Orla Basar. Right? So there too, chronologically. And now Yuma. Yuma we start also with the Mafrishin, the Kohen Godol. Right, so we'll see how this persists over time, but that's not what Birnbaum was talking about. Birnbaum was saying that he th- sees that the first daf, this is a theory, this will be make it nice safer, he's saying that the first daf of every masechet seems to be talking about some theoretical aspect of the, um, the topic at hand, which is not halacha almost as if we're kicking around or trying to demonstrate he hasn't fully baked this theory, but almost as if we're trying to demonstrate Chazal, how theoretical they're willing to go to kick an idea around before they go to Halacha Lamaisa. and in this context, it's possibly worth mentioning, only because when the Tosvos, you might recall, had said, actually, Taklin Charetin had said, uh, when we were learning Yerushalmi, because in, uh, in the way that the Dafyomi schedule is organized, the Shkalim um, comes it, right after psachim and before Yuma. So when we were talking about uh, the Yushalmi, everything was Alachal And so it felt very different. And now we get back to Bavli, and you could really feel the difference as we're learning with Bavli. So we talk right away as Birnbaum's theory suggests about a theoretical thing and he wants to tear his hair out because we start with the quarantine of the Kohen, seven days before he brings the carbon, and then we start saying, well, mi- Minani Emili, right? A uniquely Bavli idea of what is the source of this in a very theoretical way? Why? Because after all, it should be a gazero, says Birnbaum. We know in the Mishnah itself why we're why we're quarantining the Kohen. The Kohen has to be separated because Shema Yirbe Maybe he will have a contacted some sort of Tuma. Something will happen to him, and so we sort of want to protect him. We're keeping him behind, right, uh, encased in glass, so to speak, in order to in order to make sure that nothing happens to him. So why is it that we need to have this quarantine? Now, the truth of the matter is that it's still nice to have a source, right, a precedent, and you could say, well all right, we need to have a quarantine, but who's to say that a quarantine is seven days? Maybe a quarantine should be a 10-day quarantine or a two-week quarantine. Uh, you know, there's, there's reasonings that could be uh, expressed for either one. So in the end, we could say, well, maybe there are certain tumors that he can have that if he gets it, then if seven day, then, then he'll have to sit out seven days anyway. So, even to that, you could say, well, there's, there's reasons, there's gazeras to do it without having a precedent. And the question becomes a little bit stronger when you consider how we go about figuring out the seven days. Because, after all, just to remind you, what, what do we do on Duff Baves? We compared it to only two other cases. We said the, the original case where we waited seven days was in the Miluim, the Mea Miluim, where we had our own and his Aaron, uh, na Kohen, getting ready to do the very first avoda of all time. And uh, this question also asked, what do you mean? There was Karbanus brought by Moshe Rabbeinu. So you say, no. That he did not do a, a, in his status as a Kohen. That was just done as Moshe Rabbeinu. The real kahuna, kahuna, that starts with Aaron, a Kohen. That's an avoda, Because after all, fascinating enough, Moshe Rabbeinu did not wear uh, Big Day Kahuna. He, when he did it, the avoda prior to Arun coin becoming the coin Godal, he, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu had a special tunic, like a white, right, white linen clothing, um, no, nothing like the actual Big Day Kahuna. And it was a separate, unique situation. But Arun coin was the very first coin, and prior to the, right, to the eighth day, the Yom HaShemini, there was a seven day, uh, Right quarantine that he did, and so that is the precedent for this Cohen Gadol's performance. So you could say, well, that's easy enough to say that this Yom Kippur we could see the similarities. This is a singularly Cohen Gadol activity that the Cohen Gadol is doing, and therefore it's the most similar. Right, it, it is in fact a, a play that's essentially a one man show. Um Right. So, like, Lahavdil, Jackie Mason on Broadway, right? Lahavdil. Like, you're talking about a unique situation where you don't even want the understudy, right? It's, it's a one-man show where without this guy, we're really, really, really compromised. So, we, you know, one-man show, no, there is technically an understudy. That's the, the theme of the Mishnah, but we don't want to get to that point. And so we're very, very careful to keep him uh, very protected. And similarly, Arana Cohen, he's, he, he was, if it wasn't going to be A Cohen, we were going to be in trouble. So, though, that's the comparison. Is there any other Korban that's like that? No. So, it really makes eminent sense. So, I bring up the Shalami, Bavli, Tzvi Birnbaum point, only to point out that we spent Daf Bays in Maseches Yuma trying to compare um, why would it be that we would have This, this quarantine for, uh, for Dafka for Yuma, where you could just have, in Yushami, said the simple answer, well, Yuma is the one area where you have the coin Gadol and that's the most similar to, uh, to Arana coin. We are doing this theoretical kicking around the idea, comparing it, comparing it to, to, to to Shemini Atzeres to Shavuos, to all these other things, and we're saying, uh, to Rosh Hashanah, and to, and to Pesach Shavuos, it took us we're saying, you know, maybe we could have compared it to there. Maybe we should have had a quarantine for the Kohan before that. Well, it's clear that all of those cases would be different. Uh, presumably, whatever coin was going to be giving a, uh, bringing the Carbonus in those cases, we, is just replaceable. Uh, uh whereas the coin Gadol and Yom Kippur is the most similar to Arana coin and Yumeyim And so the, so the point I'm trying to make is that even though you could have, Made that argument like balabatish, so maybe that's the point. That the first daf of every mesecha is trying to teach you. We're not doing balabatish here. We're going to be doing uh, a totally different thing. That the Gemara and the Talmud Babli in particular wants to do this this, uh, esoteric, theoretical, uh, subtle analyses in order to bring out um, the subtler points of the Torah, maybe be to to see all of the basic and also all the esoteric points in uh, the Torah. Okay, so without further ado, um, we were in the very last line of Beis and Bays, and we were comparing, as we just mentioned, uh, some of the other regalim to Yom Kippur to try to see maybe the seventh-day quarantine would apply to them as well. So the last one we mentioned was Shemini Atzeres, who said, after all... Um, we we already narrowed down the fact that it can't the seven day quarantine can't compare. Remember the 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 first mission said it, it there's only there's pre- there's only two precedents. The precedent is Yimei Miluim and the ramification is halakhically that we there's two cases where we separate and quarantine the coin for seven days. One is our case of Yom Kippur and the coin Gadol on Yom Kippur. The other one is the coin that does the Shchita for the Paraduma, So let's leave the Paraduma aside, we'll get back to it. But with regards to the Yom Kippur service uh, for the Shechita, so we already said it's not gonna be similar to Pesach, it's not gonna be similar to Sukkot because those are seven day holidays and the, Yimei, the eighth day of the Me'am Milun was just a one day holiday. So similarly, now we're only gonna compare it in Daf Gimel over here to one day holidays. So we said, well, what about Shemini Atzeris? So the first question is, is Shemini Atzeris really a one day holiday? Maybe it's just a continuation of sukkahs. If it's a continuation of sukkas, so then it's not a candidate to be compared to Yom Kippur. Uh, he said, but there, that itself is a machlokis. Is Shminatzeris a continuation of sukkahs, or is it a one-day holiday, which would mean like it's a regal bifnei atzmo? There, that's a machloka. So if you say it's a regal bifnei atzmo, so maybe it is like the Yimei Why is it different than Yom Kippur? So now the Gemara is saying that even if it is like Yimei it's going to say it's it's still not going to be similar in terms of its carbonos. So let's see that inside. The very last line in Bez Bez in Yuma. Even if you get to say that Shmini Yatseris is a regal pazar kashav, it's only going to be a regal bifnei atzmo. For uh, six in six ways, which we're going to discuss in a second, Aval Inyan Tashlumim Tashlumim The Gemara then just says that with respect to Korbanos, right? So even if Shmini Atzeres is is unique and distinct from Sukkis it still has an element of you can bring a Korban Tashlumim if you don't bring the Chagiga on Sukkis you can bring the Korban Chagiga uh, and make as a makeup on Shmini Atzeres, almost like. Right, like the way we discussed in Psachim, the Pesach Sheni being a makeup for the for the Korban Pesach. So here too, this is a connection that makes Shemini Atzeres not independent of Sukkot with respect to Korbanos, and therefore, since it's not independent enough, it's not going to be a proper analogy to. Yom Kippur. That's what it's trying to say. What are these six ways in which it would be a Regal Bifnei Atzmo? So it's, uh, it has the mnemonic here Pazar Kashav, which stands for, you look at the Rashi, we're back in Rashi. This is not Taklan Chalatin. Back to our old friend Rashi here. Pazar Kashav stands for Payas, pious, la La'atzmo. And the pare HaChag, right, you would throw, you would have a lottery for who does the Avoda. So if, in fact, Shmini Atzeris would be part of Sukkot, so then it would be included in that lottery, but we don't. We throw a new lottery for Shmini Atzeris to see who does that avoda. So in that sense, it is distinct. Uh, the Zayin is going to be Zman, because after all, we make a Shechiyanu at the beginning of Sukkot. Ah, uh, so if Shmini Atzeris, a continuation of Sukkot, we wouldn't make another Shekhi yet we do, and therefore that is an indication that it's a regular ne'atzmo, Um The reish is regel Le'atzmo, which is to say, right? Like when we're saying shmonesrei, we say chag shmini We don't say we, we refer to it in a distinct way, right? The kuf is korban lifnei The korbanos get crazy uh, with sukkos when you have fourteen kvasim and you have tons of parim in in a, in a sequence going down. Very very large amounts of korbanos, and you have mu- a much more modest, different, uh, more like a more like a Shabbos or a Rishkodesh where you have the uh, the uh, shemini atzeres. It, it's clearly not the same kind of uh, korban activity when you look at it for the base of Mikdash. A sheer la'atzma, which is unique, an amazing. Uh, quote here from Rashi, the idea that we're not really used to this. This counts like a shir shal yom, but it's not the shir shal yom that we say. It's a Shear that was clearly said in the of Mikdash. Rashi gives, uh, tells us a story of how that looked in the of Mikdash. Basically, they used to sing a song. Remember, the is chag haasif, where you're gathering in all the produce from the fields. So Rashi's pointing out, we used to sing a song in the of Mikdash to remind us to do all the matnos anim, as we're gathering our produce, as we're gathering it, our funds and our money, there was a song, wish we knew the song, that we sang to remind us and inspire us to give Miser, to give all of the, uh, well, we call it Miser, but to give all the tzedakah, right? The leket, the shikhal, the payah, to give all the tzedakah and all the matanos aniyim, um And so it is a song of sharing and thinking of those who are less fortunate as we're gathering in the produce. A beautiful idea. Well, that song was only sung on Sukkot as we're gathering it in. We had a different song when it came to Shmini Atzeris. And so in that sense, Shmini Atzeris would be distinct from Sukkot as well. And that's Pazar, Kasha. And what's the base of of, of It's Bracha. What was the bar- Bracha? So on Sukkot, we would uh, uh, rather... Say something, um, uh, I don't know exactly what bracha we would say on Sukkot, but the bracha that we would say, Rashi says, uh, we don't know. Toshua says, maybe we, we do know. And basically, Rash, Rashi in Rosh Hashanah says that on Shemini Atzeres, there was a custom of saying, uh, basically, God, long live the king. There'd be a bracha for the melech. That kind of bracha was recited only in Shemini Atzeres. So it was unique to Shemini Atzeres. And that day, in that way, uh, Shemini Atzeres is distinct in those six ways from Sukkot. But, as we said, with respect to Korbanos, it's not. And therefore, it is not a candidate to be compared to Yom Kippur. And that's why we don't have a seven day quarantine of the Kohen Godal with uh, prior to Sheminiat Sarah. So that part, let's read in the Gumara Vil In Tashlim and Tslim de the Hatnan, because we learned in Emish and Khagiga that Mishilochagbi Yantavish and Shokhag, Khogeg V Holek Koloregal Kulo. Right? Uh, so if you did not give the Khagiga Yontavish, then you can have actually offer it the entire Yantiv. Ve Yomto Vaakron Shachag. And you could also do it on what we call the Yantav Achron Shachag which is a reference we see in Chagiga, where Shemini at clearly with respect to Korbanos is continued, even if it's a regular Bifnei in the six aforementioned ways, it is in fact only a continuation of Sukkis with respect to Korbanos, and therefore it's not a candidate for Yom Kippur. Fine. So now, how do we know that? So, so now that's how it's not compared to Shemini Atzeris. What about Shavuos? That's a one-day yontiv. What about Rosh Hashanah? That's a one-day Yantov, so let's see. It says the Gemara of in this context, right? Atzeres here is Shavuos. Defreshas shiva right? Shmini Atzeres sounds like Atzeres, but we know that when the, uh, when the Gemara says Atzeres, it means Shavuos. Uh, that's a coincidence, because uh, last night we counted 17. So, so we say, free shiva that would also be a, maybe that should be a seven day quarantine. So Amar Abba. Don in mi Yom um, Kippur is similar to the service of the Yemei Miluim because we had one par and one aisle. the shnei ninhu. This is Dr. Kelman in shomer Muna talks about how the to have the shnei elim is some sort of culmination of the entire Pesach experience. You start with the carbon Pesach and the aisle, which was considered like the maturation of that carbon Pesach, it's, it's, it's symbolic, says Dr. Kelman, of some sort of like arrival, um some coming of age. And so that is a very unique aspect of the carbon of Shavuos, and in that way, it's not similar to the Yameyam Eluim, because the Yameyam Eluim and the Yom Kippur had one isle only, and two Elim, it's the only carbon, is really the point on Shavuos, is the one that has two Elim, and therefore it is dissimilar to Yom Kippur, not similar enough to Yom Kippur, and therefore Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur are similar. Again, as we've said in our intro, our little bit long-winded intro, Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur obviously it's a coin Gadol, it makes the most sense, the Gemara will say that, um, that they are similar, but we want to flesh it out even more, and that's really where Bavli comes in. So anyway, the Shnei Elim is very unique. Now, truth is Yom Kippur is not identical in a lot of other ways, uh, in its in its own right, to the ilum. there are differences, as Tosfos points out. But the but the most essential aspect here of having two elim is so unique to Shavuos that it really stands out, and therefore it it is makes it distinct from the Meimiluim or from anything else, for that matter. So the Gemara says, yom <speaking in Hebrew> There is, however, a problem. There is a shita that says that you bring two elim on Yom Kippur. That really uh blows this question out of the water, right? Because now, now shavuos isn't a unique, or at least in the way that it's so unique. Yom Kippur is unique in that way, also. So why would Yom Kippur be? Uh, why would Yom Kippur be uh, singled out? So first of all, the Gemara is going to explain what is this machlokus about whether there's one ayel or shnei elim. So very interesting. The Tanya, like it says in the Bryce, Rebbe Omer right? We say Ayelachad. <laughs> Ha'amor kan hu Ha'amor Ha'amor kan who? The one mentioned here, that what that means is that really the Isle, right, we have Sukim explaining that there's going to be an Isle, and that is twice. One is in Vayikra and one is in Parshas Pekude. Right? So you have uh you have in Vayikra and in Bamidbar references to the Isle of Yom Kippur. And to that there is machlokus where one shita would be that, well, both of those references to the isle are just both descriptions, both of those psukim are both descriptions of the isle of Yom Kippur. And if though, and therefore, but however, that, that doesn't mean that there's two elim. that just means that they're both, right, we have that many times, right? We have the Aseris Adibros twice, right? Um, and in Vaischanan and and Yisro. So when you have the Aseris Adibros, that doesn't mean that there is 20, although we had that machlokas as well in Shkalim, uh, how many of the Asarasadibros there were, uh, but the Asarasadibros themselves, we, we don't have machlokas, we just had machlokas of how many were actually written on the Luchos, uh, and how many times the Asarasadibros were written on the Luchos. But here, we're saying a different thing, that the fact that it's mentioned twice means that maybe there's two of them. So, Rebbe said no, there's one. Just like the Asarasadibros are mentioned twice, but really there's only ten. So, two, the aisle could be mentioned twice, but really there's only one. Whereas, Rebbe Elazar, Rebbe Shimon, Omer, shnei Elim, Him. No, the reason it's mentioned twice is because there was two. Echaram or Khan, Vecharam or One for V'yikra, one for Bamidbar, and therefore, even for, and this is within context of Yom Kippur, so there even Yom Kippur should be like Shavuos, but the Gemara answers that's not the case. That even if you were to say within the Shita that there's two Elim, that really, it's different than Shavuot. Shavuot, as we said, uh, according to Dr. Kalman, is fundamentally to Elim. Like, it, it means something. If it happens to be that Yom Kippur will bring to Elim, it's only incidental. How so? Let's read it inside. Says the Gemara, even if you say, like Rebbe Lazarus Shimon, that the two psukim, the one in B'minmar, one Vayikra, is referring to two actual eilim, hasam chad l'chovas yom Over there, Kippur, one of the alim is for the, the the yom, and the other one is just for the musaf of the day. Whereas Lafuka it's the tervayu chovas yom ninhu. As opposed to on Shavuos, both of them are chovas yom So we see that the two eilim of Shavuos are more essential, to the day of Shavuos, and this is consistent with Dr. Kelman's theory that it's some sort of arrival at a, at a crescendo, right? And for that, you have to look also at uh, Banish Ginsburg Shlita's Hagada. This explaining he has a lot, a lot of development of the, I believe it's the Ran, who develops the idea that these Zimei that we're in today are Cholomoed, between um, Pesach and Shavuos. And so that is an, sort of like a a manifestation of that, that the Korban Shavuz Shavuos shows like a coming of age, some sort of Kabbalah, Satorah, uh, coming of age that starts at, Pes- at Pesach and ends at Shavuos. But be that as it may, that is not what's going on with Yom Kippur, with regards to Yom Kippur, it's incidental that there's two Elim. It's not essential to the day. One is for the Mussef, one one's for the Ikar day. whereas for Shavuos is for the Ikar day, and therefore those Korbanos are dissimilar. The uh, fact is that the Yom Kippur, the aisle that is essential to the day, is similar to the Miluim, and therefore only Yom Kippur is compared to the Imam Miluim. So now the Gemara at the bottom of Gimel of is going to say the Ema of Rosh Hashanah. So what about Rosh Hashanah? Right, four lines up from the bottom. So the Gemara says, yom right? That's only one day. So maybe we should start an Ell, a quarantine of the coin before a Rabbi abo dunin parva ail shalom mi parva ail An amazing idea that it that in the Yemei Miluim, the Pasuk had said that the funds that went for that Korban had to come from Aaron Akarin himself. He had to pay for it. Okay. Right. We know we know that there's a concept of korban sebor and right that sometimes there's a private korban a person brings and they pay for it and sometimes there's as we discussed um, at great length sometimes there's the communal korbanos that we paid for in shkalem right as we're learning more of this and we're referencing shkalem more and more we're seeing more reason perhaps why shkalem was placed where it was as an introduction to here because so much is clearer now anyway so shkalem so. Uh the idea is that just like the the Miluim, that Korban was financed by Arun Cohen, so too, okay, Rabbi Avo says, this is a unique aspect of Yom Kippur as well, where the coin Gadol himself, who's the main uh, player in the one-man show of the Yom Kippur service, has to finance that. Well, that would be very unique indeed, and that would be something, again, we're getting close now, right? We're seeing, we're getting closer to what is more obvious, we're starting from the least obvious and most subtle and getting close to what is obviously unique to Yumeim Eluim and Yom Kippur. And so here is Rabbi Yeboah pointing out that in both those cases it's so unique that the coin Gadol himself finances the Korban. Even though the Korban itself has like an aspect, right, is this a Korban seaboard? Well it is in a sense, but it's not, right? It's very, it's very personal to the coin Gadol, just like the First Devoto is very personal to, uh, to Arun coin, even though symbolism is certainly a national kind of symbolism. Very interesting. So, be that as may, the Gemara says, Lafuka etzeres for Rosh Hashanah and Siburn, you know. Right? Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah, even though they're one-day Yontivs, now we're getting close to what's really, truly unique about the Karban of Yom Kippur, that even though uh, Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah are one-day Yontivs, those are clearly public uh, Korbanos. It's not as tied in to their makariv. Right? Be, uh, who is the Kohen Gadol in Anyam Kippur, as, um, as opposed to Rosh Hashanah and Shavuot, where it's really a more communal korban. However, the Gemara says, There is, however, a discussion. There's a discussion in the, uh, there's a discussion as to whether when the Torah says, uh, earlier, with regards to some of the other things, um, whether it's referring to, uh, right, the incense, as we'll see, um, whether it's ref- and other things, whether it's referring to actually Moshe Rabbeinu having to finance it himself or not, or whether he should take it from public funds, let's look at that as we turn to um, Dafim uh, Gimel and Beis. We see what is referring to as follows. It says, So, those commandments were given to Moshe Rabbeinu had to do with samim, take for yourself the spices or Asel make for yourself the trumpets. So when Moshe Rabbeinu was making these things, was he making those, this is what Rashi explains, when he made those things, so was he told to make it from his own funds or from the funds of the Tzibor? So, that's a machlokas. So, if you say that he's doing it from his own things, so maybe lecha, mishalcha should mean that, 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 that would mean that the Kohen Gadol would also have to make the carbon from his own funds. But if it means no, now we're gonna say it could mean something else. Mishalcha might mean that you're supposed to, uh, use the communal funds, but it's as if you brought the carbon. Well, if it means that, so then, uh, so then maybe the carbon does not have to finance Maybe the coin Gadol does not have to finance his own korban, and if that's the case, so then we, it loses the comparison, right, to the Yimei Miluim, which certainly had to be funded by, its own, by itself. Um, so let's see. That's the question. In other words, this whole idea that has to be funded by itself may, is in jeopardy over here because maybe that's not what Hashem meant. Maybe that's not what Alaka was. Maybe it doesn't have to be funded by itself. So... So says the Gemara, Elamanda Amar Mishal Tzibur, right, in the top line on Gimel and Be'ez, if you say that L'cha Michelcha doesn't really mean that Moshe Rabbeinu had to pay for it himself, but it was a communal fund, and Meimar, so then maybe it's not true that the Kohen God has to pay for it himself. The Gemara explains. Let, let, let's look at this price at the Tanya. The price says, Kach Michelcha, right, this is talking about, again, the spices and V'aseh L'cha Mishalcha, which is referring to the Chatzosros, the E' So the, that is when you have to make your own funds. V'yikchu elecha mishel But when it says V'yikchu elacha, that means that you take communal funds. So it says kach enaseh it means you should take from your own. V'yikchu it means you should do it from the tzibur. So the first mandamer in the b'risa is saying that you could see a distinction you could tell from the way Hashem commands whether you're supposed to use your own money or not. That's Diva Rabbi However, the Bresa continues, Bein kach Whether the Lashon is that you should take it for yourself or it says in both cases, it does not mean, when it says kach it does not mean that you're supposed to fund it yourself, but both of those rather mean mishal tzibur. Either way, you're funding it from communal funds. So says the Gemara, kach the Bresa continues to say, so then why would it say kach if it doesn't mean that you should finance it yourself? So kavi yach Incredible, Rashi here. What Kever Yachol means in this context? It's it's very esoteric here, but it basically means that Hashem Kever Yachol. He doesn't want to say it, but he does want to say it. It's as if to say, I really wish that this all came from you. You, Moshe Rabbeinu, are the one that is worthy of atonement. Perhaps that is not so for the rest of Kali Israel, and therefore I'm going to use. You could use the funds. Um, says Rabbi son of Kali Yisrael, but I'm going to regard it as if the carbon came from you, not from all of Kali Yisrael, in order to benefit everybody. This, that would be better for everyone. Um, fascinating the use of Kavi Yochil here, and what what is Hashem trying to say? What is he What does he not want to say? We don't want to say anything wrong about Kali Yisrael. So. That, that, that is a, that is an interesting idea, but be that, be as it may, what the point it, over here is, is that Kachlacha is saying that we're, you should take it from your own funds. So Abachan and Rabbi Misham, Rabbi Rabbi Lazar, so Abakhana said, So now he's going to point out uh, an idea where when you say the Lashon, it seems to explicitly say that it, that, that there's a stira of whether it should be from your funds or not. So one Pasuk says you should make for yourself Aron Aids. So one, one Pasuk says with regards to the Aron itself uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu should make it himself. And the other one says that you, we should all make it. So is it communal or private funds? So how could that be reconciled? That's the Gemara. How cates on. How are you going to reconcile this? So what Bionic is trying to say is that there's no proof that it's coming from his own funds. What he's trying to say over here is that either way, it's coming from communal funds. And therefore, the only way to reconcile the fact that sometimes it says that you should make it yourself and other times it says that they should make it is to say that that has to do with whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu is looking to see whose schuyos it is in. Not so much who pays for it, but whose schuyos is it in. So if the Klai is doing Ratzon Hashem Makom, so then it's considered as if they're all participating in the building of the Aaron. If Moshe Rabbeinu is is the only one left, man left standing, right? Everyone else is not doing the right thing and Moshe Rabbeinu is the only one in whose chutz we're doing it. So then it's as if he, uh, right, sponsored the whole thing even if he didn't physically pay for it. That That's what he's saying. And so what we have here is a lack of a proof that the Kohen Gadol himself had to finance the, um, right, had to finance uh, or, or really a lack of proof that that is an issue that, makes the coin gadol and the yemeim iluim similar because the financing of it is ambiguous because it really doesn't have to do with who paid for it it really more has to do with who gets the schuz that's what the gemara is trying to say here okay now the truth of the matter is there are two aronos but uh, potentially right that was in itself a machlokas as we say again harken back to shkalim whether there was one or two arons you might recall wasn't in itself a, a similar machlokas, similar to what we said about the luchos and similar to what we just said about the aisle. But uh, be that as it may, that's not the topic here. The topic here is who was sponsoring it. Okay, so the Gemara says, so in the absence of having the sponsorship as something that's in common between Yom Kippur and the Miluim, we have another suggestion. That this machlokus, right, uh, between whether it means that, you're, that, who's, that the sponsorship is private or public that is, with regards to regular kichos and asios, as we said before, between the samim and the chatzosros. Kicha de alma, kachla samim. Asios da alma, Right? So in those cases, that's the machlokas, whether, and there it's considered ambiguous, who, whether that was privately funded or publicly funded. But says the Gemara, that's not the case with the meluim. Aval hanach perushikam efarshtem chahu with regards to the Yom Kippur and the Miluim it is way more explicit bimiluim mechdi let's see with regards to the miluim it says ksev ve'el benayot oto de'er mark chus yer zim lahatas bimiluim it says first of all tell everybody that they should take the series izim and then subsequently it says veyomer la'an chakhla eger ben makal lahatas Lamali. So then, why would the Pasuk then specifically say that everyone should do it and then that Aaron Akon should do it? That is explicit that it should come from Aaron's funds. Okay. Shmamina says the Gemara That is an explicit, right, um, uh, that explicitly shows that it should come from the funds of Koin Gadol. And similarly, with regards to Yom Kippur, Ksiv, Bezoshev, Aaron, Al-Kodesh, Befar, Ben it says that, first of all, accord shall, shall come And then it explicitly says that from the congregation, from the communal funds, he should fund the sire izim, and then subsequently, es "S Khatas a share and then, then it goes out of its way to single out that the parchatas is his lamali. Why would that be? That it singles it out first says it's communal, then singles out the parchatas must be. Says the Gemara. Shmami na hi lo misha lohu. So whereas with regards to asiyan kicha be'alma as it calls it with regards to the spices and the chatzot sources, it's ambiguous. Who funded that? Was that Moshe Benu or Cloudy Israel? That was probably. Um, Klal and it just depends on in whose chus it was done. That is not the case with the Korban Miluim and the Korban of the coin Gadol um, on Yom Kippur. Those were clearly laid out in the Pasuk that it was, uh, the way the Pasuk is structured is clearly to show you that everyone everything else was communal and that specific carbon came out of the funds of the coin Godel and Aaron coin, respectively and therefore it is something that is unique to those two, and therefore Yom Kippur and the Yom Luim are uniquely, <coughs> distinctly similar, and therefore it is only in Yom and only in Yom Kippur that you're going to have the seven day quarantine preceding the, uh, the Korban. So now, as we arrive at the middle of Gimel and Be'ez, the Gemara is going to say another comparison between Yom Kippur as opposed to Rosh Hashanah and truas as follows. Ravashi Yomar, that the, only Yom Kippur and the Yom have the Khatas and the Ayel. Um, power, the the power for the chatas and the aisle for the ola La fukir shanav the tarvayu olas nihu where both of the karbanos are olas. There's no korban chatas. Okay, that was Ravashi. Okay, Ravina had his own sheet. Ravina amar be avodah b'koyin meavoda be b'koyin gadol. Right? Obviously. Right? So, now we're really getting down to to, 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 business, right? Now we're really talking about the things that you could have said before Dav Beis, but now we're in Dav Gimel. Daf Beis is all theoretical, as, as Birnbaum says. Daf Gimel, now we're talking about the stuff that you may have thought of Batish on your own. Right? That the coin Gadol is the one that's doing Yom Kippur service. Aaron a and coin Gadol was the one doing the Miluim. That's Ravina Shita. That's, that's probably what I would have said, okay? La Fuke Right? To the exclusion of all the others. Right? Right, all the other all, all the other ones. Our our question um, didn't make uh, our question was really more theoretical because that's clearly right. What is similar between the miluim and the Koran and gadol? Veika de'amri Ravina. Some have a different version here. Don hani ninhu. Well, the certainly the miluim, the inaugural service was the very first time anybody made any, didn't any korbanos. As we pointed out, the avoda that Moshe uh, did was not considered necessarily carbonus yet. He wore a special linen tunic, it had, uh, white. He it wasn't wearing big the Really Really, a coin was the first coin, and that was the first avoda. And similarly, the Yom Kippur is also the um, right, the a, a first avoda of sorts because that is an inauguration. It only happens once a year. La fukihane delav tchila and all the other ones are not really firsts. What does that mean? My Wait, what? How is that true of of, of Yom Kippur? So, let's, and let's just flesh it out. So, wait a minute. If you're going to say that what it means by tchila is that it's only performed by the coin godal, well, we already said that in Ravina. So, what is this? So, no, it has to mean rather, that's what it means. That just like the first avoda of the midluim was unique to the mishkan, and that was the first time you had that avoda, right? It was the inaugural avoda of the Mishkan. So, similarly, every year when the Kohen Gadol performs, or when he performed the first avoda in the Kodesh Kodashim, there had never been any avoda performed in that special, unique holy place before. And therefore, in that sense, it's unique. So, it's not only unique in terms of who performs it, like the Kohen Gadol, but it's also unique in terms of where you perform it. And the Mishkan itself in the original inauguration or, um, as, or in the Kodesh Kodashim as is the case with Yom Kippur. But now at least we're getting to the, uh, the things that we're familiar with that are so unique to Yom Kippur and to the Yomayim Lum, which is why you only have the quarantine of the coin seven days in those specific cases, fine. Now, we really know they we're back in Bavli. So that was, uh, as we said, we put aside the Parah Aduma for a while, because really there's two cases where there's a quarantine. There's Yom Kippur and the Parah Aduma, so now we really got to Yom Kippur. We're satisfied. Let's get back a little bit to the Parah Aduma. So Kiyasa Rav So now we're we're back in Talmud Bavli. So it feels very Bavli vibes because Ravdimi came to Bavel from Eretz Israel. So when Ravdimi came from Eretz Israel to Bavel, Amar Rabbi Yochanan Masni Chada. Rabbi Yochanan taught one of the requirements from Pasuk and Rabbi Shubin Levi Masni Tarti. Rabbi Shubin Levi taught two. In other words, we said before. Rabbi Yochanan learned only about the um, the comparison of the to Yom Kippur. Rabbi Shuban Levi said that the Pasuk, the aforementioned Pasuk that we mentioned yesterday's daf, uh, when it referred to Kapara, also is referring to the carbon of the Parah Aduma. So we just said all the reasons why it's similar to Right, uh Yom Kippur. Why is it similar to Paraduma? So let's see. Masni Yom As we said yesterday, that certainly chapara uh, sounds like uh sounds like it's referring to Yom Kippur. So we have a machlokas within the Pasuk. Is it referring only to Yom Kippur? Or also to Yom Kippur and to Yom Yomakipurim? So this Rabbi Shurban Levi uh, thing is what we learned yesterday. That's how we learned it. That the pasuk is referring both to Parah and to Yom Kippurim. But Rabbi Yochanan only had that pasuk to teach you Yom Kippur. So say, so ask the Mar. Rabbi Yochanan Masni Chada. He only learned it for Yom Kippur. Right, but we already learned in the Mishnah and Para that we quoted, that was the first thing that we quoted in the first Gemara in Masechus Yuma, that really this seven-day quarantine applies to both cases. So where is Rabbi Yochanan getting that halacha? He can't be arguing on, on that Mishnah and Parah. So we say, no, that when it comes to Para, it's simply a rabbinic chumrah. It's not really something that he gets out of the Pasuk. But the Gemara asks, wait a minute. Uh Uh-oh, we have somebody quoting that Rabbi Yochanan himself said that it came from the Pesukim. So if we have that in the name of Rabbi Yochanan himself, it sounds like in fact was not a chumrah in itself, but it was actually uh, learned out of the pasuk to which we say the Gemara answers, the Rabbi. He wasn't saying his own shita; he was saying his rabbi's shita. The chiyas Rabbi Nam Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi last to say par lechaper elamasa yom kipur. That's what his rabbi said. However, we're going to see that 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 Pasuk was not uh, exactly understood the same way by Rabbi Yochanan. And so we'll pick up there um, roughly uh, seven lines from the bottom on Gimel and Beis tomorrow.